0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production, now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: Y'all, summer is here. I know it's not. I know it's spring, but it feels like summer. It is definitely getting hotter here in Los Angeles. This past weekend, I took a little trip to the Florida Keys with a couple of my friends to just go relax and chill out after working like crazy, and ooh, it was hot. (laughs) 95 with like 100% humidity which by the way I love but I got to put my all-natural deodorant to the test I've already used it on set for filming it definitely works there but this is a different kind of heat when you're in Florida with that humidity and uh, it works you guys it's each and every I love it I talk about it all the time and it definitely not only kept me dry but kept me odor free which is really important, especially when you're out and about having fun with your friends. You definitely don't want to be sweaty, gross, and smelling. You guys, there's no harsh chemicals in it. There's no hidden ingredients. It goes on silky smooth. It keeps you odor-free, All day my point is is that it really does work They have their new limited edition scent also right now, which is cool It's white chamomile and bergamot, which is perfect for spring. Even though I said it feels like summer. And by the way, I love that this company was founded by women. I always think that that's so cool. I'm here to support women entrepreneurs. But each and every deodorant, it's crafted with just six simple, safe ingredients, things like coconut oil, dead sea salt, and essential oils. There's no aluminum. There's not even baking soda in there. It fights odor just as well as an antiperspirant, but without the aluminum, and that's really important to me for what I put on my body. If you guys want to check out Each and Every with the spring and the summer here and putting something more natural and better for your body on your body, you got to check out Each and Every because I'm telling you, you're going to love it. For a limited time only, you can get 30% off your first purchase. So you go to eachandevery.com autumn a-u-t-u-m-n and you use my promo code. It's 30 autumn. So three zero autumn. And that's going to get you 30% off your first order. So the promo code is 30 autumn and you use it at each and slash autumn. Check it out. Okay, you guys, there is so much more to life than just workouts and healthy recipes. This is all of those real moments, the good, the bad, and the sometimes hilarious things that make life so worth living. So how do you live it? This is the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Let's Do Life. I'm your host, fitness and nutrition expert, Autumn Calabrese. I love having guests on the show who have paved their own way. And today's guest has done just that. She is a Spanish-American ring announcer, singer, and podcaster best known for her time with the WWE. She is currently announcing for the Professional Fighters League. Please welcome to the Let's Do Life podcast, Lillian Garcia. Lillian, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it so much. So for my, my, all my listeners who maybe don't know you, can you just give us a little bit of background?
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> question. Loaded question. Loaded question. So I've been singing since I was five years old. And my journey is uh, growing up in Madrid, Spain. My dad was a lieutenant colonel. So he was working for the American embassy there. So I lived there as an American. I grew up there for the first eight years of my life. So that created a little bit like, I feel like a Spaniard, but yet I'm American, so it's kind of a little awkward, but I came to the U.S. when I was eight years old, and that's where my love of music just continued, and I went to the University of South Carolina, um, and then after that, I graduated, and I went to New York, and then from New York moved to LA and that's where I've been in California since um, but that journey has led me to the WWE of all things and I spent 15 years in the WWE as the host uh, I would introduce like The Rock and Stone Cold and Undertaker and those great uh, superstars and then now I am the PFL cage announcer in cage announcer so it's pretty cool because as a, as a female I've been able to make history as being the first female to announce WrestleMania and now the first female is an in cage announcer for MMA combat sports. So it's, yeah, it's wild how music has uh, led me to that, but in, in all of it uh, for your listeners, I mean, fitness has just been a big part of my life.
1: That is so incredible. So let's talk about the music aspect. Did you grow up singing? Did you know you had a good voice as a little girl
0: yeah, so I, my dad was the one that hired uh, a guy that to come in and teach him how to play the acoustic guitar, because he always wanted to know how to play that Spanish guitar. Right. So the guy comes in and he starts playing. And as he starts playing some songs to show my dad, um, all of a sudden, my sister and I started singing with him. Well, he was like, whoa, what is happening here? So apparently he liked our voices so much. So he kept playing. So every session that he came in to teach my dad, my poor dad never learned how to play guitar because the guy just came in and started strumming (laughs) and just playing along. And uh, next thing you knew, I mean, it was like he had us on stages. And when we moved, it was just one of those things. My sister and I were singing and we were singing in bands together. And my school, like I don't, I think I went to one prom. Uh, I don't remember going to a lot of football games or anything on the weekend because I joined a band when I was 14 and my mom would chaperone. So it was pretty cool of her that she knew my passion and my love for it so much, but she knew being in bars, like there's no way she was not going to chaperone me. Um, So it was cool. At 14 years old, I mean, that's what I was doing on the weekends and I loved it. I absolutely loved it.
1: Wow. And then... You went to school, then you ended up in New York. Were you singing in New York? Did you go to, well, let me back up. Did you go to school for singing in any way? Like I was a dance major. I loved to dance. I was a dance major. Were you a a vocal major in any way, a musical
0: theater? I took some voice lessons, but to be honest with you, when I started looking at the music school, it's wild. I always learned everything through the ear. And I really didn't have like I I got um, piano lessons when I was young, but my instructor and this is where instructors and teachers are so important. My instructor was so horrible that it turned me off of wanting to learn an instrument. So when I went to search for schools and like majors and what do I do? Like at one point I was like, oh, I love medicine and I love biology. So I was going to be a pre-med or a medical student until I really dived into that realm. I was like, I don't want to do this for 12 years, you know, and then um, also being in the hospital all the time that just didn't fit with my personality. So, uh, yeah, it was. One of those things, when I looked at music, I was like, not necessarily do I want to learn all about Bach and Beethoven and the instruments. And that just didn't lure me. So I was so lucky that I met with this dean who said, well, look, if you like to be so much in front of the camera, then I think you should learn the behind the camera, like all the aspects. So I actually majored in media arts. I majored in filmmaking, producing, directing, photography, editing, Which, thank God, because even with my own podcast, Chasing Glory, when I started it, I mean, I was doing it all. I was editing everything. I was producing it. I was, you know, I I was just in all the aspects of the behind the scenes. And so I was like, wow, who would have thought my major actually helped me in in this? Yeah. Um, But I continued, though, to always sing. I was always recording. Uh, In New York, I was in a 14-piece orchestra, Starlight Orchestra. I learned a lot from being in that orchestra. Uh, I was also singing at a restaurant, a Spanish restaurant. I had my own show, and so I sang there for two years. Uh, So I was always somehow incorporating. So when WWE came along, I was like, wait. But I'm a singer. Like, what the hell am I going to do? It, this is for a wrestler, right? And they're like, no, 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 it's not a wrestler. We don't know for sure. But we know it's not for a wrestler. And uh, thank goodness I listened to my agent who said, look, go to the audition. You never know. If anything, it could just give you more props and, and you know, to to Proceed to the next audition to help you out. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And so uh, sure enough, I, I went to the audition and I was doing like backstage interviews, but it wasn't until my very first day on the job that I learned that it was actually to be a ring announcer for Monday Night Raw and they threw me in my very first day on the job live in front of 14 million people and 20,000 that were in the uh in, in the ring <laughs> in in the auditorium um yeah that that I, lo- I knew that okay so I'm going to ring announce on Mondays and then do backstage interviews on Thursdays for Smackdown but then because of the rock and he found out that I sang I was able to do the national anthem and America the beautiful whenever they needed it for the event so uh, I ended up finding a way to incorporate music within the WWE, which is wild.
1: That is so cool. I love that it was Dwayne that encouraged you and that had you I, um, I, I'll say I used to know Dwayne. He used to work out at the gym I worked out at. Like ah. seriously, salt of the earth, you guys. Like I've never met anybody so humble. Yeah, that yeah. The, That man loves his workout. And I can't tell you how many people would stop him in the middle of his workout. And he would always talk to them. And, you know, he signed things and you could tell like he wanted to get back to his workout, but he was never not going to be there for the fans. And I love that he is a little part of that story and encourage you. And was he the one that suggested it to the producers? Did he suggest it
0: to you? So we, he was one of the first ones to actually friend me when I got there. I mean, I was in such a world that I did not know. Uh, and he was one of the first ones to really be super sweet, introduce himself, uh, let me you know. And we did a lot of backstage interviews together. They threw us in together. I naturally would just blush so much around him that whenever we did the backstage interviews, like he it's almost like he picked up on that. And so the storyline created where he always tried to make me blush and it became hysterical. And some of the classic interviews that he and I got to do uh, backstage uh, and we just created such a bond that, when he got to know more about me and learned that I sang, he loves to sing. Um so he heard me and he was like, "Oh my god, do you sing the national anthem?" And I was like, "Yeah, I actually sang it for my graduation and my high school, uh and I've sang for years with all the different bands." So he goes, "Okay, well, we always at all our live events, the national anthem is always played instrumentally before we kick it off, before we start the show. So he goes, I'm going to suggest to the producers that we actually have you do it and try it out. So I did that. Um, It was in Denver. It was in February, the year 2000. And I sang it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and all the producers ran to Vince. And by Monday, when I showed up at Monday Night Raw, Vince was like, well, I got to see this for myself tonight. So he had me do it that night, which was in San Jose. And ever since then, I did it at every single event. Uh, It was wild. And then I got to do it. I hold the record for singing it four times at WrestleMania and and what was really special was getting to do it in Iraq and Afghanistan with all the troops, you know, as an army brat. That was tremendous. I was like, who would have thought that wrestling would have brought me here and being able to do it? And I, I'll never forget in one particular show that I did. I got done. We were staying at Saddam Hussein's palace and we went back to his palace And I just cried my eyes out and I was like, oh, my gosh, like what I was able to do to be able to stand there with all the soldiers that are giving up their lives for us, you know, and sing the national anthem. And this guy came up to me. He's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for doing it. We never hear the song out here. and We kind of forget sometimes what we're here for. And I was like, "What do you mean you never hear it?" And go, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this isn't like Mash where they're just like playing it over <laughs> the intercom, right?" So I was like, "Yeah, I guess they never really hear the national anthem, and it's like a reminder." And he gave me his dog tags, and what the beautiful thing was is that years later I saw him at an autograph signing, and he goes, "He's like, hey, I'm the one that gave you my dog tags." I gave him the biggest hug and I was like, oh my God, you made it. Like I prayed for you. And I'm just so what a full circle. It's just wild. The road that it takes you.
1: Yeah. That just gave me chills. That's incredible. Wow. In order to do life, to the best of our ability, we need to feel our best. And a huge part of that is how you fuel your body. And there is a huge range in the quality of our food these days. Everything from what is in our fruits and our veggies to how our animal products are grown and processed, and all of that will have an impact on your health and how you feel, which is why I love today's sponsor. You guys, it's Butcher Box, and Butcher Box believes everyone deserves high quality, humanely sourced meat, me being one of them, okay? It could not be easier to get Butcher Box delivered to your door. You sign up, you select your box, and they ship it right to your door every month. And when you sign up now, you get a free essentials bundle in your first box. This is so cool. So you get three pounds of chicken breast, two pounds of pork chops, and two pounds of ground beef, all for free in your first box. So who doesn't love that, right? You're you're already getting your box, which is a great deal. And now you're getting all of that essentials bundle extra included in your box, I love it. I get it every single month. Butcher Box ships a curated selection of highly quality meat just right to my home. There's no added antibiotics or hormones ever. That is so important to me. They have options like 100% grass fed and finished beef, free range organic chicken, heritage pork, wild caught Alaskan salmon, and then sugar and nitrate free bacon. And this really is the way, you know, if you eat animal products, I know not everybody does, but if you eat animal products, this is the way it should be. It should be high quality. It shouldn't be so overpriced that you can't afford it. And you guys, right now, for a limited time, ButcherBox is offering new members... A free essentials bundle in their first box, like I said. So that's three pounds of chicken breast, two pounds of pork chops, and two pounds of ground beef, all for free in your first box. So you just go to butcherbox.com slash autumn. That's butcherbox.com slash autumn to get a free essentials bundle in your first box. Check it out. Don't miss this deal. It's awesome. Let's talk about WWE for a second because... You're a a singer. Here you are. You're in Los Angeles. You're a singer. You said you didn't really know what the audition even was for. Were you a fan of WWE at all? Did you know anything about it? Yeah. So with my dad, uh,
0: he and I had a very special bond. When we moved to the U.S., he and I would watch, at the time, WWF, right. and my sister my mom were always watching a different show. They were not into it, but Dad and I were, and I remember screaming at the TV, Ric Flair and Andre the Giant, and all of them just... I was so passionate. And it was just this special thing that my dad and I shared. And what was so great was he surprised me one day and he got me tickets at the Township Auditorium in South Carolina. And I actually got to see Andre the Giant and the main event that night and, and Ric Flair. And then years later, when, you know, this whole audition came, I was like, Wait, this is wild, right? Like, I used to watch it as a kid, but I fell out of watching it when I went to school. So I didn't really know anybody when I got hired. I had no idea who The Rock was or Stone Cold. And I had to learn everybody. But what was beautiful was when I got the job. And Ric Flair ended up coming over from WCW over to the WWE. And I got to introduce Ric Flair. My dad, um, it was in North Carolina. And my mom and dad came over from South Carolina. They drove up. And I got to introduce them backstage. And I looked at my dad. My dad was just like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, here, here is a moment from... Us watching it, you know, me being a kid, being in the living room, to next thing you know, he's backstage meeting Ric Flair and then being out there in the auditorium in the arena and I'm introducing Ric Flair to the ring. I mean, that was just surreal,
1: Ed. Such a cool moment. What an awesome moment, not just for you, but for your dad to see his little girl doing something so big. Yeah. Was was, was there any... Like fear or hesitation with your dad. I mean, like the WWE, like, yes, we have the female wrestlers in the WWE also, but you're announcing at the big events, you're announcing with all of these men, it is a man's world. Is there any hesitation with that of like, hey, I'm going to be a female announcer in a man's world right now?
0: Right. My dad, no hesitation at all. I think my mom was a little bit like, what are you going to do in this wrestling world? (laughs) So she was trying to understand it. But I think my dad was just so into like, again, it was something that he and I shared that he just thought it was a cool opportunity. And, but my mom was always embracing like, Hey, if this makes you happy, you try it out. You, I'm sure you're going to do great. I had two of the most supportive parents ever. I'm so grateful for them. And I'm sorry I'm getting emotional.
1: Oh, it's okay.
0: But I literally just lost my mom um, mm-hmm. months ago. So like a month ago. Um, and my dad, we lost him four years ago. And I consider myself so lucky. And I'm full of so much gratitude that they, I remember my mom saying, I don't care what you want to be in your life. Like you choose the path that you want I just want you to go to college. And so that was her only request. And so I went to college and I did really well. And i just so grateful for that. I mean, college taught me a lot. But I remember them, you know, to see them in the front row, to see me singing the national anthem and dad there standing as, you know, lieutenant colonel and mom with everything that she even gave up. Uh, You know, being the one at home while dad's in Vietnam and taking care of myself, taking care of my grandmother, you know, because my grandmother lived with us. So taking care of three human beings, uh, us being so young and my grandmother being older and her having to endure that while dad's off in the in the war. I mean, they both were having their own war moments, their own sacrifices to them you know, being at every one of my shows, my mom chaperoning, you know, um, my, I mean, just with the smiles on their faces, any pageants that I ever wanted to do, nothing was forced on me. You know, mom was like, okay, if you want to do this, but I'm not going to be that pageant mom, you know? Um, but then being there and same thing with WWE, you know, and they both got to know that, uh, what was it? No, my dad didn't, but my mom got to know that I was now in, PFL in, you know, the combat sports and being the first female in-cage announcer and and are going, man, this is pretty cool, (laughs) you know, and and supporting that. Um, So I encourage all parents out there to just support what it is, the dream that your kids have and know that it could be a completely different path than what you even envisioned for them. But if they're happy and if they're doing well, man, that says a lot.
1: Yeah. That's a big one. That is, it's, it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing that you didn't have just one, but two parents that were so supportive, especially on what would be considered a not so quote unquote normal per- career path, right? right? Like that's because a lot of times people will, they'll sort of go the other way, right? Like, oh, I want to do this, but mom and dad think it's a really bad idea. So I love that they not only supported you but really embraced it and showed up and and were there for it.
0: Yeah. They basically they just said just to, to tie that up, they just said, if you're gonna do this, just put your best foot forward. I mean that's the thing that they taught me all the time. Always put your best foot forward. You know, always be reliable, work hard, be dependent, be courteous. Uh, you know, and I think that's exactly why I ended up being able to stay there for 15 years is because of all of those things. I never, I never gave WWE a reason to not have me be their announcer. And I never gave the fans a reason to not want to have me there because I really worked so hard. I think they saw how much passion I had for it.
1: That's so important. I think we just work, work ethic in general. Yeah. I have a, I have a 12 year old son and uh, his dad, I I do. And we are forever just like man. and kids these days. It is so hard. It's, it's a, such a different life that they lead that they live in. It's a different world and trying to teach that work ethic. I think that like we were taught as kids. Yeah. It's not as easy.
0: It's not as easy. I think something's completely gotten disconnected and there's a little bit more of like, oh, whatever, you know, that kind of "Ah, it'll all fall into place. And, I'm, you know, Robin Sharma, I don't know if you know Robin Sharma or not, but he, oh, I'm going to suggest a book to your listeners that really impacted my life that and then him and his teaching. So he wrote a book called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. It has sold over like 14 million books. There's a reason. There is a reason. Um, it is very, very well-written. The lessons in it are incredible. And I ended up finding a way. I was like, I have got to find a way to meet him, to interview him, to have him on Chase of Glory. Like I just knew, like, I have to make this happen. I ended up making it happen. And I had him on, it was just so incredible. But I also went to a seminar in Toronto. And I remember in the seminar, he said... It is easier now than ever to get ahead. And I was thinking, huh? With so much competition, so many people out there, so many podcasts, so many this, so many, you know, how is that possible? And he said, because being dependable, on time, good attitude, uh, all of these are so rare to find all of these qualities that if you have these qualities... Trust me, he goes, you will get so far, people will grab onto you because it is so far and few between. I was like, you're right. Yes. You're right 100%. about that.
1: And 10%, it is, it is. Those are our yep. qualities to find. It's, it's an interesting new, new twist that we're experiencing. I wanna go back for a second. You, you mentioned you were trying to learn an instrument and your teacher was horrible. Now that's yeah. something I have, Definitely had experience with. I had amazing, like, with dance. So I had amazing dance teachers growing up. But when I got to college, I had probably the worst experience of my life, beaten down just emotionally. And I actually left with a semester to go because my ballet master let me know that because he basically didn't like me, he would never cast me in the final show. And if I didn't get cast... I couldn't graduate with my degree. So he basically told me the last three and a half years of my life had been a waste. Cause he was never going to let me graduate with my degree. Crazy. Yeah. that's so, awful. And I didn't dance again for, for two plus years, almost three. And I had to like take myself back to the beginning and really work through some emotional trauma. So if you, I, if you, if you don't want to elaborate, you don't have to, but I'm just yeah. curious because so many people have that bad experience and it turns them off. Not just from that little error, like, okay, I didn't want to learn the piano, but from like, could have turned you off from music. It could have
0: turned me off from music. Thank God that he never, I never had to sing for him. Right. I never, that never wasn't, it was just literally trying to learn the piano, but he was just so impatient with me Mm -hmm. and he was so nonchalant. And he was like, you know, he's like, he wanted to be anywhere but there. So I never felt like he cared at all. I never felt like I could do any kind of improvement. Uh, so anytime I'd go there, if I was struggling, he was just like, ugh, you know, just no patience. And and people learn at different levels. And so, yeah, it completely turned me off from it at all. Now, I was really lucky that I, to be honest with you, I didn't take voice lessons for many years, it's not like I started right away. I kind of just found my own style and my own voice by singing along to a lot of records and, you know, other female singers and you know, from Pat Benatar to Karen Carpenter to like I just oh my god, heart, I just love the the voices and I would just sing along with them. And it wasn't until I was about seventeen or eighteen that I took my first lesson. And I actually think that is a good thing. I think that sometimes parents are putting their kids a little bit too soon into Mm -hmm. some lessons, especially singing, where your voice is still trying to find its tone and and all, where you can kind of do a little bit of damage. And if you're still trying to find your mojo with your instrument, um, then what happens is if you get critiqued early on it could do what you were talking about psychologically it could just turn you off or right. i think it's kind of better would just just find your just practice you know on your own just sing along and just find your thing before you start doing that now for piano and guitar and all i think what could be very useful is to actually go online and already get courses that have that, that are online courses that are not directly one-on-one working with someone because yeah. you can follow those and you can follow them at your own tempo. You can follow at your own speed. You can follow that without having somebody critique you right away. I think it's that cr- criticism right away that, that can really turn things off.
1: Right. It can be really hard. And depending on the age of the child and, and some kids are just different that yeah, depending on how they're getting critiqued. I do think that's an important one for, um, parents, caregivers to pay attention to, like got to let kids try things out, see what they see, what they don't like. We have like a rule with my son where if he signs up for something, he has to stay committed to it for whatever the duration is like, you know, if he signed up for the baseball team, little league, he had to play the season. If he didn't want to sign up again, he didn't have to, but it was like, okay, if you choose to sign up, even if you don't like it, you got to play the season because your team relies on you. But I think so often we just keep pushing them when they don't like it. Or when maybe they're experiencing a bad instructor in some way. So I love that idea of like being online. I actually used to know how to play an instrument. My dad made all of us, me and my siblings play. So my sister played the piano. My brother played the clarinet and the saxophone. And I played the violin. Oh, and wow. I, I, we, I was so young. We studied at the Cleveland Institute of Music. And I was so little when I started taking my violin lessons that my hands were actually too small for even oh. the violin. So my teacher started me with a cracker jack box and a ruler taped to it. And I learned my hand positions and the bow on a cracker jack box for, oh a, my year. God. for a year weird. before I was allowed to actually get an instrument and make a noise. Oh wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was actually I had a really good teacher that I wish I would have stuck with it, but I didn't appreciate it because I was six and I stayed with it for I think maybe four or five years and Well, you
0: see what I mean. Maybe it was just too early. Like you couldn't appreciate it. That's the thing is, I think that when we try to put these things in the kid, when the kid only wants to go is just play and play with Barbies or play with cars. Like I always played with cars. I hated Barbies. (laughs) I wanted cars. So I always played with that. Like I think that that's the time to do that. And then there's a time to then, in you know, insert the instruments and. And that kind of thing. And with me, singing was never a chore. I just I sang when I was five, but I just singing along to songs. Something that I absolutely loved, not something that I had to do.
1: That's, I think that's the key, is that when you have that passion and you just love it, and you want to nurture it, mm-hmm. but without making it turn into a job or a chore yeah. at too young of an age. Because then you're like, well, this isn't fun anymore. Right. Unless you have that kid who... At five or at six, it's like, please,
0: please let me play. Let me play. Let me play. You know, then be like, all right, we're going to all, I'll have you play. But I love your thing. Be committed, you know, at least for a certain amount of time. I love that. Yeah.
1: So cool. Y'all, I have been going hard on my workouts lately and I am Feeling it. It's a good sore, but I'm definitely sore been doing nine week control freak. This is actually my sixth time going through the program still making progress still getting gains and I love it. But I tell you guys all the time the workout that is where we actually break our body down in a good way, but you tear your muscle fibers on a microscopic level, but it's your sleep where the magic happens. Because a good night's rest helps boost your immunity. It helps improve your recovery and increase your energy. So you want to make sure that you're getting a really good quality night's sleep. You do not want to put in all that hard work and then not get sleep. Because the lack of sleep can lead to so many different things. Your body won't recover like it's supposed to. Your immune system can get weaker. It can lead to more sugar cravings the next day because your energy level won't be there. So don't do that to yourself. Get a good quality night of sleep. Did you know sleepers who routinely use the Sleep Number 360 smart bed and their features get almost 100 hours more proven quality sleep per year? That's from Sleep IQ Data. That's crazy. Almost 100 hours more of proven quality sleep. Y'all, that is important. And I guarantee they are the ones waking up, feeling good, and doing life. I want you all to feel that same way. I have my sleep number IQ bed. I love it. It definitely helps me get my good night's rest so I can wake up the next day and do all of the things that I need to do and want to do. And I get them done feeling great. And right now, proven quality sleep that is life-changing is available to everybody because you guys, the new Sleep Number 360 P5 Smart Bed is available to you in queen size now for only $1,799, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash Autumn AUTUMN. So, if you've been looking for a good mattress, if you're looking to get a better night's sleep, you got to check out the Sleep Number 360 P5 smart bed, queen size, and you'll get it for 17.99. You can go to sleepnumber.com/autumn. I love my bed. I love all of its features and it definitely helps me get the quality sleep that I need. Check it out. So, let's Okay, I want to jump back So you were you became the first female in cage fighting. Yeah. An announcer. What is that like? Cause that seems scary. Like you're in the cage with them. Yeah. So in the action.
0: I, I got to be honest with you, when I got hired by the PFL, that was in 2019, and I'd already left, I left WWE in 2016, and I got told by a friend, hey, the PFL is trying to find you, so we get connected, and they interview me, I uh, went in to meet them, they were incredible, I just knew right then, they were like, we really, we've we never had a female do this, you know, never in combat sports has there been an in-cage female announcer, um, but we really want to give it a try. And we hear that you are the best They were like, we hear you're the best of the best. I was like, well, that's really nice. Um, but it is different. It's different to go from wrestling to, to MMA. Uh, so I had to learn that. Thank goodness they really set me up for success and, and had some help for me. Uh, but yeah, I was like, huh, these guys from WWE and the, and the women there, super nice, super humble but there's like a storyline thing, right? It's not like they're going in the ring to try to kill each other, right? Where I was like, huh, uh, PFL is like, they're going in to try to kill each other. <laughs> like, you know, MMA <laughs> is a little different. Like, it's totally serious. And I kept thinking, am I going to show up backstage? And they're like, bruh, bruh, bruh. you know, yeah, you don't know what the concept is. Or you don't know what to expect. They right? couldn't have be more humble, nicer, more calm, chill. Like, I was like... What is going on? So luckily I got to do some interviews for chasing glory. I got to do some interviews with some of the fighters and I was like, okay, I got to know what happens when you just like you're, you're switch because I'm getting to know you guys and you're so super nice and normal and everyday kind of guys. And then you step in the cage and you're just, you know, aggressive, but they see it as a sport. You know, they are seeing it. And I'm at being cage side watching this. I'm like, oh yeah, this isn't about just going in and trying to, they are technique, technique, technique. When to use wrestling, when to use judo, when to use jiu-jitsu, when to use boxing, when to use like, it really is encompassing all of it. And right. when to do the takedown, when to, you know, and I'm like, oh, I get it. It really is like a dance.
1: Yeah. You have
0: your dance steps and all. It really is like, okay, here I can slide this in and here I can do this in and I can put this again. I was like, Oh, okay, now I get it it 's not about going in and trying to kill each other it 's really trying to get in and and, and get the upper hand as, as to what maneuver can work at that moment and it 's been incredible. The organization is amazing. The fighters are incredible, and just I will say that being in that cage is a bit ominous in that you you feel the intensity. And in WWE, we had what's called the Elimination Chamber Match. And that was every once in a while that we're bringing in this big chamber. It's completely caged in. That's what I feel like in the cage <laughs> because it is so ominous. And so every fight feels like that Elimination Chamber. Yeah, that's intense, but
1: very yeah. cool at the same time. But, and, and do you have one that you seem to... I don't know if I'm, I'm going to call you out or not. Like, Do you have a, one that you like better Or one that you found more interesting or they're just so different? They're so different.
0: And I'm glad that you asked this question because I don't ever like to say one's better than the other because they're not. One had the storyline and you got to actually follow the wrestlers as superstars and their personalities. And they are encompassing this personality right within their storyline. And then you get to see their athleticism week after week after week after week. MMA is different in that what, what I love about the PFL is that there is a regular season playoffs and championship. Mm. So instead of, for example, UFC, where you have a fighter that maybe will fight twice in a year or something like that, you actually, these guys are, are, and the women are fighting at least five times a, a year. Uh, yeah. in this season. So you get to follow their journey. It really is that whole like football meets, you know, March madness, the brackets, you know, you get to follow. And it's all up to them that like, if they win, if they score a certain amount of points, they go on. And so it's a lot of fun to see that journey, but there is no storyline in that respect. It yeah. is just dependent on their abilities and what they bring to the cage you not only see the athleticism, but their mindset as mm-hmm. to what has, because I, I've noticed that if some of them are struggling, uh, personal wise or whatever, and then they try to bring that into the cage, forget it. It, it you know, it falls yeah. flat. So it, it's so different in that respect versus the WWE where it's entertainment. And then you also get to enjoy the athleticism.
1: Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Those, they, they do seem obviously so very different. Yeah. So Lillian, tell us about your podcast. You have Chasing Glory. I see your sign behind you. Tell us like when people tune into that and how long have you been doing Chasing Glory for? Like, Yeah,
0: thank you for asking.
1: So I, I'll tell you,
0: Chasing Glory is a labor of love. And it started with my dad actually when he was ill and I left WWE in 2016 to take care of him. Uh, he was dying of bladder cancer. And I remember him having a conversation with me I left in August, the very beginning of August. And in September, he was having a conversation with me. Lil, I feel so bad. You have left. Like, please, what what do you think of next? Like what you can do. I don't want you here just being my caretaker. And I was like, you know, dad, I had this idea back in 2004. I was in the locker room with, you know, working with these amazing women. And being in the locker room when, when you're with someone 52 weeks a year, At at times we were with each other more than we were with our families. You get to know the struggles that some of these people have gone through, you know. And so uh, I was like, wow, if people could hear your story, if they could hear your journey of what you've overcome in your life, I think they really would identify with you even more. Um, Remember back in 2004, it's like mental illness. All of that was not talked about. Like right now we're being more open than ever, which I absolutely love. It makes people feel less alone. Um, But I actually gave that idea to WWE to have me interview. And I wanted to just start with the women, just have me interview the women. But there was no podcast at that time. There was no Twitter and Facebook and believe it or not, you know, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, there was no total divas. There was, this is before even total divas, all of that. Well, it, it it was just no platform for it. So it didn't happen. They ended up doing total divas, which is a whole different was a reality shows, a whole different concept. But then I told my dad in 2016, I said, you know, I had this idea to do this. I feel like this is kind of what I'd love to experiment and really get people to know these stories, human interest stories, struggles, who they are, you know, so he loved it. So I reached out to Maria Menounos and Kevin Undergaro from AfterBuzz TV, know them very well, amazing people. And they gave me the platform to bring this. Uh, it was called Making Their Way to the Ring. Mm-hmm. And I started doing human interest stories and started with the women from WWE. That then led to the men of WWE. Then, then I, it led to me going over to Podcast One, uh, speaking to normal about this and he loved it, but we wanted to expand it even more, which is why we changed the, the name to chasing glory, because now he can be anybody's journey, any athlete, any entertainer, you know, and I got an amazing year that I was at podcast one and then we wanted to take it and go back to video because we were at video at the beginning then podcast one obviously was audio. Then we wanted to take it back to video, and Norm is like, "You belong on video." So <laughs> I left podcast one to do it on video, and it's uh, now we're in our fifth year, and it's it's now more of an episode show. It's not fifty two weeks a year, especially because I realize I'm in my own chase for glory, so I'm in my own journey of you know doing the PFL starts April twenty third, so I have now. I'm really devoted and, and putting my attention to that. And I will tell people be careful on how many things you're juggling, where you end up being not so focused on any one of them and not so great. So we realized I can't run chasing glory for 52 weeks a year and do PFL and do my music. Cause I am still recording. And then I was caretaker, you know, with my mom full time for three months. Um, so we're doing seasons. So right now, We're going to put Chase and Gloria on hold while I do PFL and then we'll come back. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's human interest stories. It's really getting into what are some of the biggest struggles in your life that you've had to endure. And we've had some incredible shares on the show that you would never think, especially from some of these huge superstars bigger than life that could have so much mental illness that they've had to also endure. And uh, you know, sacrifices that they've had to make or things that have happened to them early on that they've had to overcome and how they've overcome it. And them sharing it with the fans. The fans have said, wow, thank you. I don't feel so alone.
1: I love that. Because it's so easy to look at somebody who's made it, who's at the top or or climbing their way to the top and think like, well, it must have been easy for them. Well, there's no way I could do it because I have this thing that feels like it's holding me back. So those human interest stories, those things that show people that everybody is real and everybody's human and everybody has something to overcome is so inspirational. I love that you're doing it. Okay. Who's busy? Raise your hand. If you guys could see me, you would see that right now I am raising my hand. How many of y'all have tried some version of a meal delivery system to your house? If you'd see me, you'd see I'd raising my hand. You guys have tried so many of them, and while some of them have been okay, I have never truly found one that I'm like really excited about that I would be like, "Yes, I would do that." Over and over again, but recently I did. I found one, and I'm so impressed by it. It is called um, Sakara. So Sakara is a nutrition company, and they focus on basically like overall wellness, starting with what you eat. They're organic. They're ready to eat meals. They're now. I will say this: they're plant based, but I love that because I've been trying to be more and more plant based lately. So this is great for me. Um, I'm even trying things that. I haven't tried yet uh, or I wouldn't have thought to try to put together in a combination for a plant-based meal, which is really awesome. They're chef-crafted meals, which is great. So you know they're going to be delicious. They even show up looking beautiful, which I love. So many of these meal delivery services, you know, they post photos and the food looks beautiful in the photo and then it shows up and it kind of looks like slop. That is not what happens with Saqqara. The food shows up and it looks amazing. And because it is plant-based, it's designed to boost your energy, improve your digestion, get your skin glowing. Who doesn't want all of that? So they have ready-to-eat breakfast, lunch, dinner. It changes weekly so you don't get bored. And it's delivered fresh to your door anywhere in the U.S. You guys, seriously, I love them. Right now, Sakara is offering my listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash Let's Do Life or enter code Autumn 20 at checkout. So it's sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash Let's Do Life to get 20% off your first order. You guys gotta check it out. And then you can also use my code Autumn 2-0 A-U-T-U-M-N-2-0. Check it out. So let me ask you this. My podcast is Let's Do Life. So what's one piece of advice you have for the listeners? Just how to do life to the best of their ability to chase their glory. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way you tie that in. Thanks. <laughs> um, you know,
0: I think throughout the years, one of the things that I've realized is we, we are a little bit too much into perfectionism. And I suffered from that for a while, especially getting into the WWE. I wanted to be so perfect, especially putting the pressure on myself as the first, you know, female to announce WrestleMania and and and, and having this platform and, and, you know, introducing these bigger-than-life characters and being in front of 14 million people worldwide, 186 countries. I was like, I have to be perfect. I have to be perfect. And then I mess up and I beat myself up so badly that mm-hmm. I was not allowing myself to enjoy the job. And I'll never forget, I started working with the coach because I was like, I got to get out of my head because I would get to, let's say there was was 11 segments uh, at the time. I think there's like 16 now in in a three-hour show. Uh, But at the time we were doing a two-hour show on Monday Night Raw. Right before we'd get to the 11th, if everything had gone well, I'm like, oh God, everything's good. Everything's good. I cannot mess up this 11th. I cannot mess up this 11th. And what did I do? I'd mess up the 11th. right? Yeah. I'd put so much pressure on myself. Well, I worked with the coach in, in all of that. And I don't even remember specifically what they said, except for, I do remember something like, if you mess up, force yourself to laugh at yourself. Force yourself to laugh at yourself. And so I messed up and I would sit there and ringside and instead of beating myself up. I'm like, ha. <laughs> okay. All right. And like, literally just force myself to laugh at myself. And there was something that happened about that. Force yourself to laugh at yourself that all of a sudden it didn't, it wasn't this big black cloud that was over my head anymore. It was yep. like, I'm human. I'm human. It's happened. And now keep moving forward. Yep. Yeah. You goofed. Oops. Keep moving forward. And someone else pointed this out too. They said, you got to remember some of the best of the best of the best quarterbacks, baseball players, basketball players, they don't make every single free throw. They don't make every single goal. They don't make and complete every single throw. So what makes you think that you have to complete every single announcement? You know, every single thing that you do. Yeah. It's based on numbers. If the majority of the time you're doing a really great job, awesome. And that helped a lot.
1: That that is perfect, you guys. I say it all the time. It's about progress, not perfection. We're all human and there really is no such thing as perfection. When you're human, so stop aiming for it because you're always going to fall short. So Lillian, tell everybody where they can find you. So I'm at Lillian Garcia, Lillian, one L in the middle because the whole Spanish
0: thing. (laughs) So that's on Instagram and Twitter and the Lillian Garcia official fan page on Facebook for Chasing Glory, at Chasing Glory. And uh, for anything that anybody wants to know, it's LillianGarcia.com. And I appreciate your listeners actually Taking the time, especially if they don't know who I am, taking the time to get to know my story and hopefully something here has helped them.
1: I think there's been so much that can be so helpful. So I hope they've enjoyed it as much as I have. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day, your busy schedule to chat with us. Thank you. You guys, and let's keep doing life and chasing glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Let's Do Life podcast with me, Autumn Calabrese. This show is produced by Will Sterling for Podcast One. Be sure to download new episodes every week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at Podcast1.com. And don't forget to leave a rating and review. this month on Pluto TV,
0: women take the lead in celebration of Women's History Month. Drop in for the best of female
1: talent in film, TV, documentaries, comedy, and more with big movies like Charlie's Angels, Last Holiday, and Pretty in Pink. Plus shows like Inside Amy Schumer, Moesha, and Sister Sister. There's something for everyone.